The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. How's it going, guys? This is Cameron Fry with His Girl Friday coming at you. It's Sunday Fun Day, also known as Father's Day. June 20th, 2021, 2.30 p.m. Central Time as I cut this. Hope you guys are enjoying the day, the weekend, the festivities, and that you're staying safe, staying healthy as always, thriving and surviving, or rather not surviving and not striving. <laughs> it's important I get that trio right. So a couple things. Uh, today, I'm going to share a bit of a story in blog form about a recent episode I endured at work, and the title of the piece is going to be something along the lines of when clients become hockey players, and I'm going to try and find a cute way to package that, uh, because I'm all about creative subject titles. Um, However, before I dive in, I want to give a quick life update, which I do from time to time. Some of you know, Liz and I are expecting, again, we have number four on the way due around Thanksgiving, which means that uh, Small Fry will arrive probably closer to Veterans Day based on trends and patterns. Uh, Total surprise, uh, not that it really matters because everything ultimately is in God's hands and he knows best and we're having to yield to his higher way and that's not a bad place to be. But certainly, behind the scenes, there's been a lot of pressing in, trying to understand why another odd year, another pregnancy. And as I was telling someone at work today, uh, I've been really struggling with the theme of intimacy leading to suffering. And part of that is my own spin on events that have transpired this year and and having to go through this rodeo again. It's been the roughest pregnancy uh, for lists, and we're now in the second trimester. We're only a few weeks away from knowing the gender of the baby. So, um, just you know, when I say never a dull moment, uh, it applies even more. Am I ready for another? No, absolutely. It was not in the cards and not in the plans for this year. And suddenly, we're having to look and reassess a lot, including our location where we live. And yeah, guy was like, you know, if you're only stressed about square footage, just kind of trust me to provide even in this crazy market we're in where it's a great time to buy, but where are you going to go? <laughs> Sorry, it's a great time to sell, but a horrible time to buy. Um, there's that, okay, well, we know we have a dream and a vision of where we want to end up, but God, refine that dream because right now I feel like we've been thrown a loop and even though this loop represents the greatest gift, we, one of the greatest gifts we can know in this life, and that is being able to... Um, be fruitful and multiply and expand the family and bring in a new life into the world. Uh, the call as parents, the call to be a dad, a fresh and a new, that's it really is exciting stuff. And there's also been a bittersweet component to it. So I say that uh, I'm going to keep pressing on and persevering through the chaos, through the confusion, through the bliss as well, uh, and generating content and continuing to resource the church. Maybe the frequency is affected later in the year, but for now, we carry on as usual. Another musing, as part of this life update, 
I've been thinking just going back to seven years ago when his go Friday when the when the project was taking form and finding its root and just where I was at that point, it really was a humbling situation being at the state for almost a decade. And yeah, you know, it was a great place to be, you know, coming out of college and trying to find and discover more of my occupational calling and figuring out what wasn't working, um, how I'm not wired, how I'm wired, how that's supposed to manifest and being able to go through this trial and error period, trying on different hats. Um, at the same time, I was youth pastoring and uh, being a part of a leadership team at church was certainly you know, an experience I'm grateful for and will forever be grateful for. But the fact of the matter is, is when this project was getting started, speaking of His Go Friday, things were very rough. <laughs> uh, and I don't need to hash or jump into my workplace testimony, for lack of a better phrase. But, you know, things were awesome on the ministry side of things. Things were far worse on the work side of things. And nowadays, I feel like I'm really thriving in my job. I really enjoy getting up every day, uh, Monday through Friday, and being able to work and and put on the hat that I don now. It's sure it's for a season, and I don't know when how long the season's going to be, but it certainly feels great to be able to appreciate and be proud of the work that I'm doing. And it doesn't mean that I wasn't working for the Lord in prior endeavors, but just to be in a in a better place, uh, a safer place as well. Um, that's definitely something that I don't take lightly and don't take for granted. Uh, on the flip side, I am looking for a new ministry opportunity, and it's you know where I'm at now. It's certainly it's a different type of humility. We're, we're constantly learning different facets of humility. The more we grow and mature, and not being able to have that assignment and having to continue to co-pilot with my wife in children's ministry when, you know, I feel like there's more I can offer in the big picture and kind of struggling with the, okay, um, I'm entering in, but I feel like there's just more I could be doing. And I feel almost guilty and irresponsible that I'm not doing more compared to what I was used to doing. It's like I'm on the other side <laughs> of the universe on this issue where the day job thriving but outside of that, I'm trying to figure out what am I supposed to do outside of His Girl Friday. And yeah, I mean, we have our side hustles. I mean, Fry Freelance, we have, um, we're doing show notes for podcasts. Uh, there's plenty of other projects I'm doing for Messenger Fellowship and uh, even some, some work at my local church. I mean, there's, like I said, never a dull moment. But um, it, it's just interesting how things have shifted so dramatically over the years where His Girl Friday was born out of a place of heartache, really. You know, I was struggling uh, working as a state employee. I did not take pride in that at all. I was, I, I learned a lot through people who did not treat me right. I learned a lot of how I don't want to be in terms of a leader. I learned a lot what leadership doesn't look like, um, how to persevere and endure in toxic situations, and at the at the most, I had to contend with indifference regarding my development 
And sure, it you know, that indifference in a weird sort of way helped um, create this space for me, even during the day at my day job, to be able to contribute and work um, towards some ministry assignments, being a youth pastor, being tops of the charts. Um, and now it's like, you know, starting from 8 o'clock to 5, 5.30, it's nonstop action. And I get home at the end of the day and it's just, I know what it's like. I know what it's, it feels like now to truly be, whew, I'm exhausted, worn out, and don't have much bandwidth at the end of the day. So maybe a more traditional struggle lately. And at the same time, it's like, I know I have this pastoral calling and I'm being able to use it in my current role at work is fantastic. And I'm so wanting to continue resourcing the church and pioneering that that avenue of how do you mature in your spiritual giftings while you're on the clock when the pressure is on, you know, just because I'm not a pastor at a church right now doesn't mean I'm not a pastor. Just because um, I'm not prophesying a lot on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights doesn't mean that I don't have that gift and that I can't use it in the marketplace. Just giving some examples. So um, all in all, you know, it takes the summer solstice and I feel like I'm on the odd side of the equinox where where I was when his fire started to where we are now, it's just radically different. And maybe things, you know, the best of both worlds will combine, but I don't know what it's like for the best of both worlds to um, exist in the same space. So I just thought I'd share that. Apologies if this came across as ramblings, but I know each and every one of you, you're in a different season of life. You know, listen, I still very much care about the term bivocational, even though we use more vocational language now. Uh, we know that one way or another, you, the listener, are juggling multiple responsibilities and gigs and side hustles, some in church, some outside of church. When we started His Go Friday, we were both youth pastors, and we were um, trying to put in full-time effort into part-time hours and struggling with the time bandwidth that we had. And now, again, things are very different, where we have, again, very little bandwidth outside of what we currently been assigned, but we still feel that unease and that angst and anxiety of, I, I, God, I trust you, but I, you know, am I missing anything? <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't want to just be complacent and waiting for a burning bush um, that maybe is not meant to emerge. And it's more of, um, I'm going to take these steps in faith and trust that the that God is going to tweak and adjust and kind of guide as I go. But just maybe that's it. Maybe and some of you can relate to this, you feel stagnant and you feel stuck. You feel like you aren't going anywhere and you're just waiting for some divine intervention to give you that push when God is actually calling you, no, take these steps. And as you get that motion momentum, then you'll start to understand. Then you'll st- at least you'll understand the next step as, as far as, as much as I can show you in the moment. You, you can't you know, when a car is in park, you can't <laughs> push it anywhere. And some of you are parked right now, and God's like, you know, let's shift the gear in neutral, and don't worry about the fact that you're not going forward in the traditional way. You're not being able to put pedal to the metal, put the foot on the gas, uh, but you're at least in a place where I can move you and move through you. So I thought I'd just share that. All right, on to today's topic. When clients become hockey players, again, the title will be subject to change. So a few weeks ago, I was going through this very interesting week, to say the least, and that's an understatement. Um, just one of those weeks where the ups and downs were more pronounced, a few unexpected conversations, a couple of rough patches, and some of these rough pa- one rough patch in particular I'm going to expound upon. 
and I'm stiff upper lipping this, uh, I got to be vague and vulnerable at the same time. Trying to thread that needle is often difficult. But when I was writing about this week, you know, I had gone through a hard week and Saturday morning I had free space to just go to Denny's and write. And I just felt relaxed. I felt chill. I'm like, man, this is crazy. I need to explore why. So I put pen to paper and what I was able to get out was what I'm about to share with you. So I'm going to try to keep this brief since we're already at the 12-minute mark. We all work hard. We all were programmed to give value and effort. Some of us, maybe we feel like we're lazy. We don't give it our all. But deep down, we can't deny that we were – that deep down, we want to put both hands on the plow. We want to be able to influence. We want to be able to help other people. We want to be able to inspire and learn and encourage. And maybe one person's definition of work hard is different, but all of us to some degree, we want to make a difference and to make an impact. And for some, our professions compel us to deal with difficult clients or patients on a regular basis. And I trust you, the listener, that you carry wisdom beyond your years. Sage savvy, you may not know you have. I'm not here to tell you how to troubleshoot vocational pests who get under your skin, under your crawl. But there are just days that just fly out sting. Situations, circumstances that hurt, even in hindsight, to think about. And in my case, there was one day in particular where I had a person with a noble title, a client. I had someone who treated me so poorly. uh, Surprisingly, just went behind my back and betrayed me. You talk about ignoble. You know, this is one of those experiences. This client who I was trying to explain an administrative gafu on my part. And I fell on the sword and I apologized for something that I couldn't definitively justify I couldn't definitively even confirm I just had to eat crow in one of those situations where okay I trust you know I tell the client um, I trust that you're saying the right thing that you're being honest in what you're telling me because honestly I don't remember it that way but if you say so I'll take your word for it I, I was basically yielding to the client in the situation um, anyone who's had to schedule clients or uh, confirm Deadlines, you know, hey, I'm going to get back to you by this point, and things fall through the cracks all the time. Uh, but some, they're offended when you say one thing and, you know, it doesn't happen, and people think that you are being intentional, misleading, and misguiding, and it's not the case at all. In, in my situation, I had to, again, yield and confess, hey, you know, I. I I don't remember definitively saying this, but if you say that, if you say so, then let's let me apologize and let's move on. Let me build value around the next step. I know that it may involve a delay and maybe you don't feel valued as the client, but that's not my heart. So I did the right thing. Long story short, I, I handled the situation as best I could. And then if you can hear a replay of the conversation, 
you could hear this appointment, this appointment, it's not that it wasn't valid, but it, it certainly could have evaporated in, um, in that moment of humility. And this guy, this client, he had such an agenda, a vindictive agenda. <laughs> he had his mind made up even before I apologized to him that he was going to find a way to bring us down in some capacity or at least, you know, um, kind of slither behind the scenes and make us look bad. He had an agenda to leave a negative review. I've never been threatened with a negative review before where, you know, I don't know if he was going to target me or if he was going to target me and the company or just the company. Either way, here's a person with an influential title and he's an influential figure for that matter and he's turning into a hockey player before my eyes, which got me thinking, what do you do when a religious leader or an influential figure spearheads a dignified cause but threatens to that threatens you or even blackmails you. There's not a quick, surefire answer for some of this stuff. Sometimes you're just going to be on the short end of the stick and you may say all the right things in apologizing. You may actually, um, you know, temporarily diminish the fire, but you just, no matter what you say, you can't put it out. And that these agendas are going to be carried out and it's not going to make you look good because people want to be heard and yet for some reason when they are heard they still like okay well I have these plans to make you look bad <laughs> and uh, I just don't want to let go of that clients are that way all the time and that's why reviews you know it's like it's so hard to be 5 out of 5 if you if you're pretty much perfect if you're 4.8 out of 5 these days because there's always going to be a few a handful of people that just leave one star or two star reviews and they're just not justified at all and one experience being able to set the tone for all the others for whatever reason it's like okay you're going to really enjoy the rest of the ride here you're going to enjoy the services that we have to offer don't let this one moment in time this one hiccup define your entire experience it's just not it doesn't make sense and yet you know, we all know, like for those in retail or in the customer service industry or, you know, I would say for most of our jobs, most of our roles, there's a customer service component, a client care component to it, some more than others. But, you know, I think we could all relate to the situation. So what do you do? For starters, don't take the assault and character breach personally. You are not on trial. You are a peacemaker, a son of God, Matthew 5, 9. As such, you're also a divinely blessed ambassador. So in those moments, when you're on those difficult calls, those uncomfortable calls, listen, acknowledge, and like I did, confess as needed, eat crow if you have to. Whatever you do in your thirst for understanding, for a reason why this is happening to you, do not take offense as you talk to, this, to the client in question. Do not take offense to the point you react on defense. You don't need to match the offense of the other person. When, when another person is offended at you and they're lashing out, they're venting steam, you almost have to just let them vent steam to the point to get all the steam out. And eventually the, the fog <laughs> will clear. But you don't have to match, you know, heat for heat. As we'll say, in, you know, as, as, as I'll discuss in a moment here, it's a great opportunity to turn the other cheek. But you have to position yourself to do that. How do you do that? Well, slow down, take a breath. Go on a walk if you have to, and give yourself time to pray. 
Pray silently as you talk, out loud as you declare, and all at once secure in a safe place. Be it a closet, a home, your bedroom, with your spouse in the living room once the kids are in bed. In this way, you can receive grace on the go and later in the slow. You can't expect a, a pure, thorough flush in the heat of the moment, but you have to trust that steam lifts. It eventually goes away. You have to focus on active listening as you yield to the client, as you basically feel the slap on the cheek. <laughs> and now you're in a position to turn the other and to give your cloak as well. But you have to slow down. You have to understand that pace is important. And it's part of loving your brother even when he's not loving you. Understand that challenges have a place and a purpose. So this moment that we're describing, this type of episode, it's a hurdle. It's a challenge that is often self-afflicted or sometimes it could be something that comes out of left field and you don't know why it's happening. And the story of Joseph really came to mind and so many points during his story, during his testimony, what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. God was riding the ship and yeah, did Joseph had to wait a while to be lifted and elevated and repostured and, and just basically taste the culmination of his patience and his faith? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like it happened boom, boom, boom in this perfect sequence. Joseph had to wait a long time and I'm sure there was plenty of doubt in between the lines, but he stood firm. He never stopped believing. And he allowed God to go before him and intend and mean for good to happen. Whereas, you know, his brothers and, you know, you talk about Potiphar and some of the Egyptians, you know, he was misunderstood constantly. And he didn't let the fact he was misunderstood derail him to the point that he did not keep pressing in to God and also pouring into others. And taking the role of a servant and being humble and living above reproach. All that said, when colleagues and cl- colleagues and clients unfairly criticize you with these half-baked accusations, they point the finger at you and really there's no point for that to happen. <laughs> Consider the character sharpening that can occur in the moment and how it can trigger a domino effect of rectitude, of reconciliation. Last but not least, forgive the offender. Forgive the offender. There's so many points we could talk about on a list like this, but one would be incomplete without this one. At the end of the day, before the sun goes down, we must forgive the person who hurt us in our hearts, confessing that to the Lord so that he can keep us from bitterness and resentment. Whether the person who accused us, whether the lost or found, religious, non-religious, whatever they believe in, whatever their place of influence... However it looks, remember, they're the ones with blinders on. If they're going so far to attack your character, they're the ones with blinders on and know not what they do, mean, or possess. A lot of times when we're in situations of taking offense, the enemy is not far removed from the situation. He's prowling around like a lion in the corners, ready to pounce and ensnare. He creates this craving for justice, oftentimes unholy. (laughs) Uh, and holy means justice, retaliation, you know, um, vindiction. We want to be hurt so much. We want to be able to communicate our dissatisfaction or how hurt or disgruntled we are 
on behalf of a certain thing. And oftentimes, if we get to this point without hearing the other side, we feel like the victim and we want to take out our wrath on someone who we feel like didn't treat us the right way or, or just didn't meet an expectation. And, you know, you had a client who was at least running the line and attacking my character. Certainly, um, you know, and during our conversation, he he didn't, uh, maybe the pointed finger wasn't as <laughs> poignant as it could have been. But the fact that I would apologize and then he still went behind my back minutes later and he wrote a letter, an unflattering letter to my boss and he still went to LinkedIn, I believe. And I'm not sure if a review was left or if simply he was communicating in a public way to satisfaction. I was kept from seeing that. But the fact of the matter is, is that sometimes you're going to do the right thing. You're going to say what needs to be said. You're going to take the right heart posture and it doesn't guarantee that the other person is going to lay down their arms and lay down their weapons. Sometimes they're still going to use them because they're just so hell-bent on being seen and known and heard and understood and being able to feel like an eye for an eye, you know. And oftentimes there's no way to (laughs) make someone who is that thirsty for something that isn't right it's almost impossible to see eye to eye. So you kind of have to just let them go. And what better way than forgiving them and being like, God, I trust that you're going to work all things for good. Convict them with grace, help them ultimately understand just the error of their ways and how they went about this. I can't force that. I can't manufacture the understanding for them. I can't take away the blinders. That's something you have to do. But God, you know, certainly I've, been like this before. And I did this. God, show me ways that I have prematurely responded, hastily went after someone, even if it was just, uh, you know, in, in a quick burst of weakness, left a one or two star review for a company without even really thinking twice about it. And, you know, letting a bunch of positive experiences suddenly go by the wayside, because what mattered is, you know, I didn't like how I was treated here, and I'm going to let this one moment cover the, you know, the total array of experiences. But regardless of the emotional toll, again, aim by day's end knowing there's no forgiveness without give. When we choose to forgive an offender, we give them a way out, a turn cheek, an opposite spirit response with the cross in mind and at the center. The offender may deserve retaliation. You may th- think you're worthy of vindication yourself. However, when you put the entire situation in God's hands, you're leaving the grudge on the other side and trusting God to deal with them accordingly. I don't know about you, but if I had the choice between bitterness and humility, aware of God's ability to reconcile anything, give me the latter 10 times out of 10. Again, in my case, I could have been more administratively aware. I could have ensured my understanding wasn't a ship passing in the night. But in the end of the day, I found the victory and it led to peace. I couldn't make peace with my brother. I attempted to, but as far as to be with me, I was doing that. And sometimes you have to be okay that that's good enough. Because anytime you come to the end of yourself and not only pray your new adversary finds Jesus, but for blessings to follow their endeavors, God is clearly being glorified in that moment. That's next level. It's one thing to forgive. It's another thing to pray blessings upon them. And that wasn't, by the way, when I prayed for blessings to follow their ministry and their endeavors, 
you know, that was a few nights after the fact, but I eventually got there too because I wasn't content on just simply, okay, my boss has my back. My work understands that these things happen. We are over, um, our workloads are saturated at the moment. And, you know, there was plenty of understanding internally, but externally, you're just going to take these blows and they're going to hurt and they're going to, you know, they may keep you up a few hours in the middle of the night. <laughs> but I'm trying to give you, the listener, some some grace and understanding, some peace in and of itself. I'm not trying to toot my own horn through how I responded here because I take zero credit abiding in freedom that's already been given. My point in sharing this is, although arriving at this point is rarely easy, it can be simple. All you have to do is know what's right, have a game plan on how to get there when you're on the clock and in pressure situations. So in summary, and I'll let the word do the talking here, do your best to win God's approval as a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, who teaches and, you know, through his work, uh, confesses the message of what he believes in. Uh, no, a false witness will not go unpunished, nor a liar escape. Remember, vengeance is the Lord. There's many verses that testify to that. I actually hyperlinked a set of verses to that text. If you read the blog post, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you. It's again tied to the Lord's Prayer. Remember, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, principalities, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Again, when I say people don't know not what they do, they don't know what's driving them sometimes. And it's like, okay, the enemy's at work, and sometimes we're going to catch that. Man, this, this other person that's inflicting this harm in my direction, you know, they know not what is at the core of their behavior. And we just have to trust that the Lord will guide that person back to the truth. Um, lastly, apply the heart of David, who was no stranger to betrayal. And in my case, I've definitely felt betrayed. <laughs> you know, I, we just talked this out. You shouldn't, you know, you should lay down the agenda. Sometimes it's not going to happen. In David's case, if an enemy was insulting him, he would just endure it. If it was a foe raising harm against himself, he, you know, he could hide from it. But, you know, he was talking about, you know, in Psalm 55, if it's a close companion, if it's a close friend whom he enjoys sweet fellowship with, it really hurt. And sometimes we're going to really hurt when these strangers, these clients who have no prior relationship with us, they don't know us at all. It's like, it may sting a little bit and that's okay, but understand that they don't know you. We say that loosely to kind of, you know, we, we try and put the bandaid on these type of wounds, you know, sticks and stones may hurt us, but, you know, we try and, you know, slap the bandaid on moments where our morale is shattered, but we don't have to take that on ourselves. Understand that they don't see the big picture and we serve a God who does. And that's why investing our trust in him makes all the sense in the world. As for you, continue abiding in endurance, discern with confidence when you face pride and prejudice in the office. And remember, you have the mind of Christ. By definition and proxy, you have everything you need to stand up and stand firm in those moments. So, as I always say, you, you got this, even if you don't feel like it. Um, there's a template we could take, and for each of us, we're wired differently, so maybe the template varies a little bit, but I think the the core, the pillars of each of these templates can be the same and word in the same scriptures. Again, God breathed and God inspired. We have 
a way out of these moments. It doesn't mean that we can't, you know, preemptively escape them. They're going to happen. But when they do, we're going to know where to go. And that's the whole point. That's why I'm sharing this to give guidance when, you know, you might have a tough person you work with, um, or you might have a, a re- repeating client, a customer who gives you so much grief, and they're like that hockey player, and they're just taking you to the wall, and they're just roughhousing you, they're, you know, taking the stick above the waist, they're, um, you know, they're putting themselves in the box, essentially, but you just have to trust the Lord that when that client, when that colleague puts themselves in the penalty box, you know, you're not you're not the ref, you know, you keep playing, you keep going about your business and just trust that as they're idol, as they reflect it, somehow, some way or another, you may not see the fruit, the evidence, but their hearts are going to change because your trust is not going to go unrewarded. So that's all I got for today. Hope you learned, gleaned something from this story. Uh, appreciate you listening and allowing me to be, again, vaguely vulnerable throughout this episode so hope you guys have a wonderful week you know we're not far from fourth of july so if you have any summer plans i pray blessings safety and just life on life copious life on life with your friends family and more importantly with god at the center of everything you say and do as i always say in ending these pods i will catch you on the fry see you next time peace